Dear congregation belonging to Christ, this morning's worship service so far, you agree with me, has been quite special and really encouraging in a lot of ways. Wouldn't you say so too? Yes, with 12 baptized covenant members now making public confession of faith before God and His church. Praise to the God of all grace also for this blessing, surely. And what reasons for prayer that God lead them and all of us further in the way of grace. Indeed, for as long as we live. In that light, this morning's sermon is for the whole congregation, yet especially for those who made public confession of faith this morning. As you journey on in the good fight of faith, what does God's Word exhort you with? And have you go forward with? Well, let's look at Second Peter 3, 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Very simply, the theme of the sermon is, but grow in grace. And we'll focus on that. It's the Christian's calling, and it's truly a calling tremendous, intense, and promising. But grow in grace, exhorts Peter. And what immediately brings out this is a tremendous calling is the fact that in this last verse of Peter's writings, he urges growth in, in what? In grace. Now, what is grace? I heard one time about a preacher who began a sermon enthusiastically saying to the congregation, Do you know grace? And there was a person visiting in the church who almost blurted out, he told the pastor later, Grace who? We have two graces in Calgary, FRC. What do you mean, do you know grace? Grace who? He didn't understand what is meant by grace. But, dear young people, you understand something of it, don't you? God's grace. The grace of God is an, uh, is an infinite blessing and provision from God, and it shows us His love and mercy in and through Jesus Christ. And we would define grace specifically as God's undeserved favor and goodness to you in spite of yourself, only always, for Jesus' sake alone. Yes, grace is God's unmerited favor for you, always for reasons only taken out of God Himself as revealed in Jesus Christ, the Savior, the crucified and risen Savior of sinners. The key to the Christian life, going on from here, is knowing the grace of God in Christ Jesus and growing in awareness and appreciation and enjoyment and demonstration of that grace of God throughout all of your life's journey. And in fact, the text very helpfully guides us here. For what does the text say in our thinking when speaking about growing in grace? What does it say? It speaks of Growing in grace, linking it right away to what? To growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it means in, in the intimate acquaintance with 
our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the exhortation, grow in grace, comes with the divine direction also, how to grow in grace. You're calling, dear youth, and all of us here, if we know grace, is to continue in the way of ever looking to Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord and being truly and more and more acquainted with Him and dependent on Him and looking to Him in all your ways. When knowledge about Christ Jesus and His grace as only Savior and Lord is combined with daily looking to Christ and constantly depending on Him and drawing from Him and enjoying Him and His grace, oh, that leads to growth in grace. That leads to more and more reception of God's saving mercy and reflection of His saving grace in our lives. So the call of our text is that you grow, increase, advance, develop more and more in receiving, in realizing, in rejoicing, in reflecting to others the grace of God in Christ Jesus. As one commentator put it, it is through personal encounter with Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord by God's grace and Spirit that the Christian life begins. And it is through constant contact with Him by God's grace and Spirit in both these capacities as your Savior and Lord that Christian character develops. The Christian life in this regard is like riding a bicycle. Unless you keep going and moving forward, you'll fall off. And unless you know and grow in God's grace, you won't continue in God's grace. Now, as you hear this, are you thinking with me as well? At this stage in life, none of us can say, well, I I don't need to grow anymore. I, I've grown enough. I, I, I've grown sufficiently. I have it all together as a Christian, knowing and showing all there is of God's grace in Christ Jesus. No, you know better, right? Far from it. As the late R.C. Sproul once said, to understand the graciousness of grace in any depth is a lifelong enterprise for Christians. The most mature and godly and gracious believer among us we'll realize we, we know so little of God's grace, even when we've had a lifetime of living by His grace. We know so little yet of how great our sins and miseries are of ourselves. And we grasp so little yet what great deliverance we may have through Jesus Christ and what a Savior the Lord is for sinners. And we know so little yet, don't we, the life of true holiness to God's praise. As question and answer 115 of the Catechism puts it, even the holiest among us has only but a small beginning of that thankful obedience that God calls for us in our lives. Oh, it's so important, dear young people and congregation, to realize this and to see and to know the calling, the Christian calling, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What Peter says here in our text is like what Paul says also in, in Timoth- to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 verse 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Let's really keep this in mind and heart, dear youth and everyone here. The Christian life is by God's grace from start to finish a developing life 
in the way of grace. And it's tremendous, really, for God's people, for, for you are, as confessing Christians now, being called and exhorted by God's Word and Spirit to grow and to increase in receiving grace and understanding grace and drawing out of God's fullness of grace and the blessings of grace in and through Christ our Savior. The riches of God's grace and love in and through Jesus Christ are unfathomable and incredible and most wonderful. All for free too. For Jesus' sake alone. Every time you need grace, go to Him. The Christian life, said one, consists in getting to know at ever greater depth an inexhaustible Lord and Savior as you realize you are dependent on His grace. Oh, that that is the focus and attitude in life you and I need and that we all need if we will be true and healthy Christians. If you don't know grace, seek it in Christ today. If you know grace, grow in grace, the Bible says. Grow in grace, that is, in understanding and in receiving and in adoring and reflecting the wisdom of God in Christ Jesus, the holiness of God in Christ Jesus, the love of God in Christ Jesus, the goodness of God in Christ Jesus, the justice of God in Christ Jesus, the grace of God in Christ Jesus, the power of God, and, says Paul, the fullness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, there's so much to learn in the way of grace and truth. And a healthy believer, dear young people and everyone here, is continually humble and desirous to learn more and more of God's grace and to experience it more and more and to reflect it more and more. How often the apostles urged for the speaking of, urged for and spoke about pressing onward, pressing onward in the good fight of faith. Pressing onward and fighting, going in the race with endurance. How so? In ever growing in grace and looking to Jesus and depending on Him. The Christian life, think of it, it isn't about growing in what's evil and in what's harmful and in what's to your disadvantage or to what's hateful and destructive. No, but grow in grace. Someone defined grace as God's riches at Christ's expense. Grow in drawing from and delighting in God's riches at Christ's expense. For you, a sinner, otherwise hopelessly lost. Grow in needing this Christ and His grace. Grow in calling out to Christ for His grace. Grow in seeing what endless fullness of grace there is in Him for sinners who come to Him. Grow in trusting Christ for His grace. In all your needs, grow in praising God for His marvelous grace for a sinner like yourself. When saved truly, and when living the Christian life really, you know, you learn this by God's grace and Spirit. It is grace that He brought you to Him and to this point today, confessing Him as your only Savior and Lord. And when you see it rightly, you, you confess it's God's sovereign grace and sanctifying grace that brings you here now and, and how it should result in growing gratefulness and devotion to the triune God of your baptism and the God of all grace, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and His amazing grace that He would save a wretch like you and like me. Spurgeon wrote rightly, Grace is always grace. 
but it never seems so gracious as when we see it brought to our unworthy selves. Can you identify with that? Grace is always gracious, but it never seems so gracious as when we see it brought to our unworthy selves. Oh, as you go on from here, dear youth and dear congregation, but you who now made public confession of faith before God and His church, let this be true of you this week and all your life long, that you grow and grow and grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is clearly in its context, as the last verse of Second Peter, it's an earnest, urgent matter. You have to agree with me on that. This tremendous call to grow in grace. You know, there are people who have stood here before, and they stopped growing in grace. And some of them have proved perhaps they've never known grace because they're in the world. You know, the great problem also of all false teachers and hypocritical and worldly or lukewarm church people is that either there is no knowledge of God's grace in Christ Jesus at all, or a person stops growing in that grace, proudly thinking and presuming that he or she has arrived and that there's no more to learn, no more to discover, no more growing necessary. Wasn't that the trouble with the church of Laodicea? as written about in Revelation 3, verse 14 and on. The members of that church were saying and were acting as if they didn't need anything anymore from God in Christ Jesus. And, and so they weren't cherishing God's grace. They weren't thinking they needed God's grace. They became, the Bible says, most nauseating to the Lord. They were thinking they were so good and they had arrived. But the Lord says, you don't realize that you are most wretched and miserable, poor and blind and naked. And that's who we are of ourselves our whole life long. And when we grow in grace, we learn it more and more. And then we need God's grace more and more. It's very striking to me, and I think it should be to you too, that it is Peter, it is the Apostle Peter, who writes this final tremendous call, grow in grace, but grow in grace. Oh, Peter, you know, he had earlier grown in what? In self-confidence and in pride. You could count on him. All the other disciples, you don't know. But Peter, I'll, I'll be faithful, Lord. And you know what great fall he fell into. When you aren't growing in grace, beloved, you are definitely developing in arrogance and pride and self-righteousness. But growing in grace brings us down in humble, hearty dependency upon the Lord every day again. When you grow in grace, you say with the great man of God, John the Baptist, he must increase, I must decrease. The Bible says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. How many fall? Because they begin to think themselves so good and others not so good. And while they might, and they don't, they don't need grace anymore. We need grace from beginning to end. And we're saved by grace alone. Not growing in grace means living life depending on yourself or on others and leaning ultimately on what's going to fail you and bring you down. Only God in Christ can cleanse you and renew you and strengthen you and 
build you up again and help you also against our three lifelong worst enemies, the devil, the world, and not least our own lusts and depraved heart. So we are dependent on grace, God's marvelous grace, His merciful grace, time and time again and more and more for every day of our lives, still with our sinful selves by nature in this world, in this life. And living yet still in this sinful world with the devil going about still, seeking whom he may devour. Though we need grace, beloved, also to stay focused rightly and to continue focused rightly, also in always seeking God's glory and honor above all, as Peter says, to live rightly to his praise. When we live by grace and are ever growing in grace, we say with Peter, to God, to God be glory both now and forever. By nature, again, our motto often becomes, to me be glory for now and forever. Of ourselves, this is so true. We get caught up with ourselves or with this world or with what the world offers us or we get caught up in our possessions or idols. That becomes our devotion. But that will bring us nowhere. Only God's grace and living by God's grace will make us to differ from those people around us who are, as a natural man, pursuing earthly treasures, earthly pleasures, and the sinful ways of the ungodly. Only God's grace, as revealed to us in Christ Jesus and imparted to us by the Holy Spirit, initially and repeatedly, can have us and keep us on the right track, doctrinally and practically, heartily and principally, in thought, word and deed, before God and others, in private and in public. Only God's grace, too, can have us ready when Christ returns. Or when the Lord calls us suddenly out of this life and whenever that should be. Only God's grace will have us, as Peter says in 2 Peter 3, 14, be found of Him in peace and without spot and blameless. That's because, congregation and dear young people, it's when in the way of grace and growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and receiving and rejoicing in His riches, then then, then you can be safe. But there's no other way. There's no other way of triumph in life and death before God and our neighbor. No other way than by living by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, as you're my only Savior and Lord. You know, the problem with the unsaved is they don't know grace. And the cold-hearted and the lukewarm and worldly church people Either they're not knowing grace at all or not growing in grace, really. And this is Peter's spirit-led teaching and conviction then as he writes in the last two verses, he writes in the Holy Bible, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things, beware, lest ye also fall from your own steadfastness, lest ye be led away with the air of the wicked and fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory, both now and forever. Dear congregation, and especially now, dear young people, acknowledging your salvation by grace alone today, will you go forward from now, day by day, growing in grace? Immersed more and more under and by and with the grace of God in Christ Jesus as only Lord and Savior. Oh, it's a tremendous call.
It's a tremendous call. And when you consider it, especially also because of all you or I need to grow in grace and what is all the, all the grace of God in Christ Jesus, what He all offers us, it's a tremendous call. In Christ Jesus is all our salvation from beginning to end, from start to finish. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And looking to Him in daily repentance of sin and hearty faith in Him, you will not be put to shame. It's those who will not look to Christ, who are too proud to, and who will not depend on God's grace alone from start to finish, who will be left most ashamed and perish even everlastingly in their sins, except they repent. But the way of God's grace in Christ Jesus and living out of that daily and increasingly and unceasingly, oh, that's so delightful and enriching and comforting. And it leads us to God and in participation of His love and mercy and care and direction for body and soul in life and death for this world and for the next. So indeed, dear young people making public confession of faith here this morning, again we say we rejoice with you, testifying now just of your reliance on God's grace. And we pray for you that by God's grace and spirit, And by his word, you may continue to be led in the way of grace and to grow in grace. Yes. But let's go on and say, and notice, not only is the calling to grow in grace something tremendous, but yes, it's intense too, surely. It's a calling intense. And by intense, I mean this call to grow and advance in God's grace and truth involves living a life of godly discipline and holy exercise, and regular intake of what is right and true. And it involves a rejection of what is wrong and false. Just like you can't and won't grow physically, well, if you don't eat and drink properly, and exercise regularly, likewise spiritually, to grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that will mean being careful what you feed yourself with, in your daily spiritual life and careful about where you go and and what you do and who your friends are and the priorities you have in your life. You have a book, give them to you. Five things to grow in the Christian life. To grow in grace is something tremendous but also something intense or you could say something strenuous. It means, it really means being diligent and zealous for the truths of God as revealed in God's Word and in our Reformed Confessions, which summarize God's Word so beautifully for us. And it it means growing in so much Christian instruction and teaching, which is so available for us in God's Word and in many other books as well. I, I can tell you, and I think you might know it yourself, it's a sad fact, though we have more Bibles than ever before, in the church, and in the world. Yet we live in a day where Bible illiteracy is a really big problem in the church, never mind in the world. So few people read regularly the Bible and know what the Bible teaches. Bible illiteracy is a great problem in our day. 
And I'm saying to you, growth in grace won't happen without reading and rereading God's inspired, infallible, holy word. The Bible is all about the God of grace in Christ Jesus. So this takes discipline, doesn't it? And, and decided commitment on your part with the busyness of life to read God's word regularly. Reading God's word is crucial to the life of faith and to growing in grace. And repeatedly, we must come back to this habit of reading God's word when we get interrupted from it and we get discouraged with it. Go back to it again. I said to you before, in different contexts, about the Bible, reading this book will keep you from sin. Sin will keep you from reading this book. So take care to read this book since it's God's means of grace to lead us in the way of grace. But not only reading the book, but what about prayer? Yes, prayer too before God is part of growing in grace, isn't it? Every Christian will know this from experience. If we are mostly prayerless in our daily life, we shut off the streams of grace from God. And we become cold-hearted very quickly. And we become indifferent and worldly in our outlook and behavior. Growing in grace and communing with God in prayer. Requesting His grace and adoring His grace and, and being thankful for His grace. They go together. How easy it is to become prayerless. But how important if you will grow in grace. And if you know grace, then you should be and you will remain prayerful before God and when you find yourself not prayerful when you are seeking to grow in grace you will say Lord I'm not prayerful as I ought to be please teach me to pray that I may grow in knowing you and loving you and enjoying you and grow in grace well does the Lord know you now already as those who commune with him in prayer day by day how wonderful that we may call on God in all our needs with all our temptations and challenges and stresses in life. And you'll have them. You already know about stresses in life. You may bring them to God, the God of grace. Also, when you yourself really went astray, you may bring it to God. Take time to pray, and you will grow in grace. You know that little song we taught it to our children? Don't read your Bible. Don't pray every day. And you'll shrink, shrink. Shrink. Read your Bible. Pray every day. And you'll, under God's blessing, grow. 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 Yes, by God's grace. That's how God designed it. To use these means of grace. Through humble reading of Scripture and through hearty prayer to God. Time and again, you learn more and more how much we need God's grace every step of the way. And how marvelous is God's grace day by day for all who trust and follow Him. Growing in grace also happens, doesn't it? In being diligent and engaged in worship services. We grow in grace when showing humble, thankful commitment and resolve to join week by week in the Christian worship services and the fellowship with the congregation, if at all possible, twice a Lord's Day and not just by sermon audio at home. No, but with the congregation, if at all possible, to be here under the preaching of God's Word where God reveals His grace in Christ Jesus in a most special and blessed way. 
in the worship services and with the two sacraments of Holy Baptism and Lord's Supper congregation. God declares His grace and shows His grace and the Lord comforts His people with His grace and calls the lost by His grace. Every worship service, when it's well, is communicating and celebrating the grace of God triune in and through Christ Jesus. And nowhere else as much does God triune love to declare and display and impute and impart His grace in Christ Jesus than through the gospel message proclaimed by His word and sacrament in church among God's people. So if you will grow in grace, how much you need to take care to be committed and diligent and not half-hearted and sporadic with scripture reading, prayer, and Christian worship and fellowship. And then you need also to be good stewards of God's grace, seeking to live to God's praise with what He all shows you in His marvelous grace, to seek to be of service to Him. There are so many ways to praise the God of grace and to be a blessing to others and to help spread the gospel of grace. So, will you grow in grace along all these lines? The life of grace is intense. I underscore that again. And it, it, it means pursuing and prioritizing these matters, these spiritual matters. And it makes us strangers in this world. And it involves us in resistance against sin and putting down the old man and putting on the new man, crucifying the flesh daily and putting on the Lord Jesus Christ every day again by grace. If you and I will grow in grace, how we need to resolve also not to feed our minds with all that the world offers us. Be careful of your intake from the world. But rather, says Paul, flee those things and follow after righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. The Bible shows us the Christian life is a battle where daily we are confronted with so much within us and around us that is against God and His word and will. And how we need grace to stand up faithful and strong in the grace of God. How you need grace to be equipped also to fight the good fight of faith every day and to live to God's praise. Well, welcome to that battle today, as we said already earlier. And be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. God has revealed in Christ by His Spirit and Word. He can help you. He can help us all faithfully, steadfastly, to live day by day, growing in grace. By His grace, God can and will make us more than conquerors in all the challenges that you and I may face. But still, honestly, I say again, it's an intense battle on this side of heaven. And don't think you can rest without taking on the whole armor of God daily. And don't think it gets easier as life goes on. No. The battles we face may change somewhat as the years go on, but the battles continue till our last breath. You ask the older ones in the church family. Talk to them. 
Let them tell you, yes, the battle continues, but oh, they will tell you, it's worth it. Oh, to know God's grace and to grow in God's grace is worth every battle till the last breath. And God's grace is sufficient day by day. But apart from His saving and sanctifying and sustaining and strengthening grace, time and again, we won't make it. But God is faithful, who has promised over and over also to be with us as we look to Him and His grace. Grace be to you and peace and mercy. We read in the Bible often is a word of blessing for the church. In 2 Peter 2 verse 2, grace and peace even it says, be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Well, grow in grace. It's a tremendous calling. It's an intense calling. And my prayer and care is, dear young people, that you see it as such and that you hear this word and that as you hear it, even now, you pray in your heart, Lord, bless me as I confess knowing something of your grace. Bless me in the way of grace and truth and help me to grow in grace truly and increasingly. And may it be reflected in my thinking and my speaking and my acting that I know grace and I'm growing in grace. How blessed you are and what a blessing you will be when that may be your constant prayer and care. How different again from those who are live despising and disowning and discounting and denying the grace of God as revealed in Christ Jesus. If anyone among us here, and it could very well be, there's more than one, many more perhaps even, if anyone here does not yet know God's grace in Christ Jesus, oh, even now He calls to you to see your need of grace God's grace, God's riches at Christ's expense for you too as guilty and defiled sinner by nature, hopelessly lost on your own. And to learn God's amazing grace as in His gift of salvation, all for free, for Jesus' sake alone, through His finished work on the cross of Calvary. That's where God shows Himself most of all as the God of infinite grace, even for the chief of sinners who comes to Him. Today is yet the day of salvation, and the Lord calls us all to come to Him and to drink from the wells of salvation, open through Christ's shed blood, even for the worst who will hear His voice and come to Him. And so let's delight in you having come and that you may continue to come, dear youth, in publicly declaring now your trust in God's grace and that you will continue to go that way. Because not only, as we have seen so far, is this such a, a great call, a tremendous call, and an intense call, but notice yet, briefly yet, it's a promising call, surely. The call to grow in grace, it's so promising. Promising because all the growing in grace, God calls for, you know what? He graciously will provide and bring about, even as you and I humbly depend on Him. Day by day, for His grace, always. For His people, God makes all things work together for good to lead us further on even in knowing and receiving His grace and for teaching us to enjoy and reflect His grace. God even can use our struggles and our sins and our shortcomings, our trials and afflictions and the blessings and joys in life to lead us truly and deeper and increasingly in the way of His grace. And isn't Peter again, think of it, isn't Peter such a prime example of this? 
Oh, how God led and blessed Peter. And even through his sins, refined and developed him, strengthened and adorned him, humbled him into the dust so that he too would grow in the knowledge of God's grace and in the reflection of God's grace and in care and zeal for others that they too might know and grow in God's grace as well. In other words, beloved, this call to grow in grace, it's so promising in that the triune God of infinite grace who gives this call, he's full of endless grace and he most graciously and gladly will grant and equip us with it as we ask. There's no end to the fountains of grace for cleansing and renewal and refinement and purposeful and grace-filled living for us in Christ Jesus, all by God's grace, for His own name's sake. So, as you, by grace, grow in grace, you know what? You will live blessed lives, and you will become also real blessings to others. People filled with God's grace and seeking always to grow in grace, you know what? They're the most wonderful people to live with. Such people are ever so humble and loving and gentle and kind and giving and principled, dependable, joyful, helpful people in countless ways. Show me a person filled with grace and I want to be with that person and be encouraged in grace and praise God together with him for God's grace. If you grow in grace and keep growing in grace, what a blessing you will be in your families and in the congregation and in whatever place you may work or live. Growing in grace. Oh, it's so promising too, for it means focusing on God and God's eternal glory in Christ Jesus ultimately. And living actually in anticipation of that great and final day. That final day when the Lord takes His people home. The theme of all the eternal praises of all God's people will ever and again be the marvelous, boundless grace of God revealed to us in Christ Jesus, the Savior of sinners. And when you and I may be by God's grace in that heaven and earth to come, you know what we will do? We will cast our crowns before the God of all grace and say, thank you, O God of grace, having mercy on a sinner like me from start to finish, never giving up on me, all for your own namesake. For Jesus' sake alone. Having read together the whole of Second Peter 3, it is clear, isn't it, how promising growing in grace is for this life and the life to come. While how hopeless, how utterly hopeless for those who live and die not knowing and not growing in the grace of God. So grow in grace. It's a tremendous call. It's an intense call. It's a promising call. Will you not forget it? Will you grow in grace as the years go by? I wonder, last year there was quite a group that made confession of faith. Have you been growing in grace since then? How about the years before that you've made confession of faith? How about you who've made confession of faith years and years ago? Are you growing in grace? Oh, let's pray and exhort one another that it be so. And to God be all the glory, both now and forever, considering His amazing grace, so infinite, so reliable, so wonderful, and so forever, as made known to us in God through Christ Jesus, the crucified and risen Savior, who by His Spirit and Word is still out to lead sinners like us to know grace and to grow in grace. 
Oh, as Peter says, to him be glory both now and forever. And isn't that the real mark of knowing and growing God's, in God's grace? Then you live for this purpose, that he may be glorified. Already here and now, that's your goal. That's your desire, that he may be glorified in how you live and in what you do and in what you don't do. Even so, God bless you, dear congregation, including now you who just made confession of faith, new confessing members of this church. God bless you and make you a blessing in the way of 2 Peter 3.18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you that the Christian life is not about graduating for some accomplishment from ourselves, but it's learning more and more. We have nothing in ourselves, but that you be our all in all, and that we ever more truly and increasingly look to you and depend on you and love you and draw from you and pray that we not only know grace, but that we grow in grace and that our lives demonstrate it by living to your praise and honor in our lives, in our hearts, in our relationships, in our responsibilities, and in our church life, in our work life. Lord, will you so bless also these 12 young people who made confession of faith. Bless those who are parents, leading also their children, that they may be an example to their children in the way of grace and teach them from their youngest years about the God of grace in Christ Jesus, whom we each all so desperately need and who leads his people in the way everlasting, in the way of endless, marvelous, amazing grace, all for Jesus' sake alone. Oh, hear our prayer. Bless us further this day. Remember, the service is still to take place. And Lord, may your church be edified by this day and encouraged in the way of grace and truth. And will you add and increase also to the church more who come to faith and come to know your grace. And if there are those who have strayed away, oh, bring them back in your amazing grace. Even through this morning service, we pray it all in Jesus' name alone. Amen.